Hello, this is Robert Lee. And Sam. And welcome once again to Third Row from the Front. Today's movie is not actually a movie. It's a miniseries on Netflix called The Fall of the House of Usher. It's the latest from Mike Flanagan, who's probably become one of my favorite filmmakers of the last, like, 20 years. Uh, he also... He's he's done really good work with Netflix. He made yeah. uh, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of By Manor, um, the one that we just recently Midnight, Midnight Mass, which is excellent. I've recommended it to everyone. Well, that one I and I've recommended all three of those to everyone. But um, that's just a few. He's done a bunch of other like movies, mo- movie movies. He also did uh, Doctor Sleep, which was like the sequel to The Shining. And um, oh, he did that. Yeah. He did that. That's why, and he uses a lot of the same actors all the time. So, like Henry Thomas has been in all of those. He was he was in Doctor Sleep as <laughs> he played uh, Jack Nicholson's role. Um, anyway, uh, so this one is the newest one that he's done, and it is. Um, so it, the ones he does for Netflix are typically uh, based on like books, so like Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Um, Haunting of Bly Manor was Turning of the Screw, which is, uh, I forgot the author's name, but um, this latest one, it's multi, each episode is is almost like its own um, Edgar Allan Poe story. And then, of course, The Fall of the House of Usher is, is itself an Edgar Allan Poe story. Um, but it's really crazy the way he was able to take all those individual stories and then make them part of this larger story for the, 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 the whole show. So that was, that was, a pretty pretty interesting feat that he does there but uh the show stars a lot like i said a lot of the same people that he always uses henry thomas um bruce greenwood um yeah rahul coley carla gugino um his wife uh i forget her name at the moment kate siegel um and a lot of others that I, i you know i forget their names but um but anyway like i said this is the based on the a lot of edgar Allan poe stories the main story is the fall of the house of usher so it's um the you know the the head of the family <clears throat> played by bruce greenwood is um what's his name something usher obviously <laughs> and uh, yeah, i forget I he's the senior usher and uh he runs this gigantic like pharmaceutical company called fortunato and 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 again these na- all the names and stuff that are used are all references to like characters or or things from Edgar Allan Poe stories. So, uh, yeah, so the, the company's named Fortunato. And um, from the very beginning, so I'm not giving anything away here, We like the first couple minutes, you find out that every one of his children is dead. And he has six children. And um, and so the, 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 you know, each episode kind of breaks down why each of these children are dead. And then also... Um, the framework is that he's telling all of this. He's kind of confessing something to uh, this guy that's like a, an investigator. He was like an insurance investigator, but he's basically spilling his guts to him throughout the whole mo- throughout the whole show. Um, and you, you're not sure why he's confessing, and you're not even sure what he's confessing. And that's what kind of annoys the investigator. He's like, "Come on, you know, get 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 to it. What are you trying to tell me here? You called me here to your house, this spooky old house that you grew up in." Uh, and you know why? Why are we here? So that's the whole framework of the whole show. Um, so we're kind of gonna we're gonna go into it and and each kind of each character and you know 
what we thought of the show itself. But before we get into all of that, Sam, what did you think of the fall of the House of Usher? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. So if I had to list all of his Netflix shows, Mike Fung's Netflix shows, I would do Midnight Mass is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Then this one. And then uh, the House and Haunted Hill or whatever. <laughs> Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House and then the Haunting of Bly Manor. Not to say Bly Manor was bad or anything. That's yeah. just the order that I would put it in. He um, also did Midnight Club, which was okay. Yeah, Midnight Club was all right. But <laughs> um, I, right now, I don't think anything can beat Midnight Mass in my mind. Yeah, that's, but, a, that's a classic right Yeah, there. but this one came very close. It was so good. And I don't know anything about Edgar Allan Poe stuff. The only... Edgar Allan Poe story I kind of remember reading is the Tale of the Tell Heart or whatever. The Tell Tell Heart. Tell Tell Heart. Um, Barely remember what that's about. (laughs) And then uh, our friend Sarah just kind of told us briefly about like the 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 one with the black cat. Yeah, it was weird. Like literally the week or two before we started watching this, she kind of – she's like, I just read The Black Cat and she kind of summed up the the story for us. So then – when she told us that, I could already see when we were watching the show. I was like, oh, that's what this one's going to be. So there's a specific episode that deals with that story. So. Yeah. So I'm sure for Edgar Allan Poe fans, oh, yeah. I'm sure they appreciated treat. this on a whole other level mm-hmm. that we would not be able to appreciate because we've, well, I've never read any of all the yeah, Edgar I was Allan Poe stuff. Yeah. I was familiar with, I would say, like 75% of, of it. So for me, I was, I was picking stuff up. I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, pit in the pendulum or whatever. But, uh, but to your point, there are names that are used, like like Fortunato. I just found out the other day is the name of uh, one of the characters in um, the Cask of Amontillado. He's it's the name of the person that that tricks the other guy into being bar- you know being put behind that wall. That's the name of the character. So again, all these names, all these they're 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 picked specifically for that reason. You know, yeah. Um, super creepy imagery. Like he's really good. Fanagan's really good at just creeping you out. And there's so many times, and there's this, this, um, thing that he does. It's funny because we know he's going to do it and he's done it so many times before, but it's still so creepy. And so what he does is he'll put a character or like a ghost or something out of focus way behind the character that's actually alive and in focus. Yeah. And a lot of times you, you might not even see their full body. You'll just see maybe from their neck down, but you're like, wait, is that a person standing back? Yeah. There? And they're just yeah. standing still. Yeah. So a lot of times you miss it. Yeah. You don't even notice that someone's standing behind there. Um, but then there are times where you do kind of notice or times where you're like, oh shit, was that just somebody? Did yeah, I just see that? Move, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's really creepy. And there, there's even a scene where, uh, Usher, the main Usher dad or grandpa or dad is talking to the detective and they're looking at each other face to face and Usher is looking past the detective. He's looking behind him. You could tell like, cause the detective detective's talking, right? And so the Usher guy is like looking behind him at something and that's already creepy whether or not there's something there when someone's looking at you and you see their (laughs) eyes go behind you or up like you're like what the hell are you looking at it's just us here like there's a lot of that going on and again we know he's gonna do it he does it a lot in this show alone and Mm. it's still creepy every single time like he's just he does it so effectively like it's just it's so good he also does 
jump scares really well. Like, yeah, he I, does. I usually hate jump scares, but he uses them so effectively. Um, and they actually are genuinely scary. It's not like, yeah. oh, jump scare, and it's somebody like putting their hand on somebody's shoulder. It's like jump scare and like, oh, shit, there's, this there's a corpse scary. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's really good at that to where he writes dialogue and, the, and you're, you're really caught up in this person's Mm-hmm. like monologue or dialogue right like because they're it he he knows timing man yeah. like it's just crazy how good he is at this because the character is talking for a while and they're getting you so hooked into their story and you're so hooked and and you're paying you're on, on the edge of your seat paying attention to what this person is saying and then boom <laughs> yeah. that's when like the jump scare happens and it's a, like you said like a real scare like something to be scared about like and he just does it so well. Like, it, it gets you every single time. Like, you're not really expecting it because he's already, he's tricking you. He's already, mm-hmm. like, he has your attention over here yeah. on this dialogue. And then he throws something else over here. And it's so unexpected. So, it's just, he's so good at it. He's so good at what he does. And all of these actors are just so excellent at delivering his vision. Like, their monologues, yeah. their dialogues, their acting, their faces. Like, everything is they do is just so perfect. You could tell that this cast just works so well together and they enjoy working together and then they enjoy Mike and his work. Um the the outfits, the hair, the makeup, like everything was just so on point in this show. Um like furniture, architecture, like everything. Um and this House, this Usher family is just so rich. They're incredibly rich. And it starts off with the, the dad pouring this cognac that is from Henry IV's like 100 <laughs> aged barrels, yeah. like cognac or whatever. The bottle is like half 24 karat gold, half sterling silver. It's diamond encrusted. And, um, my friend actually sent me a link to it. Shane sent me. Oh, well, really? I, so Jason's watching House of Usher. Okay. Shane's not watching it. But Jason sent a link to the cognac to Shane. And he sent it to me. <laughs> it's an actual bottle. Oh, I didn't sure. know it was yeah. real. It's $2 million. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's right. probably just because of the bottle itself. Yeah. But yeah. $2 million. And, it's, and so they weren't lying. Like, it's a real thing in this show. Like, he's pouring the cognac out of the bottle. And he's telling the detective, like, here, you want to take take a, a drink of this? Like this, uh, just a sip of this cognac is probably double your what you mm-hmm. get paid in a year. You know, like it's just to show how oh, rich yeah. they are. But it's it's just crazy. Um, all of the female characters in this show were such strong female characters, all of them, and I loved that about this show. Like the sister. The even the wife, the the first wife, Annabelle Lee, you can yeah. tell like she was yeah. very at first she was like soft and timid, but she was very strong in her like morals and um she always did speak her mind and then stood up for her and her husband. Um and then each of the daughters, even the granddaughter, they all, you know, very much were outspoken and strong and um I just loved that. Like, they were all kind of weird and crazy in their own way. <laughs> of course, but, they're rich. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just loved seeing that. And they just did such an excellent job at, you know, every character, like every female character that was in this story. The actress that plays Verna, at first, Carly I thought Gugino. she was death. 
And that may be what she was. I don't know. Maybe she was the devil. I don't know. But Verna, she's in every episode. What's her name? Carla, Carla Gugino. She's been in all of his, all of these things. And then I, I actually first saw her in like Son in Law way back in the in like ninety three with Polly Shore. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, she was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, she's great. Like just so great. There was a scene where she was kind of playing a monkey. And I was just in awe. Like, I was like, dang, like, this girl is good. Like, yeah. she was giving it her all. So to give it, give that more context, she kind of, she, um, at first you're not really sure what she is, like you said, but she kind of uh, becomes the thing that uh, this, the, that each character is either uh, going to be killed by or something that, something that's going to uh, lead to their death. So, so... Like you said, there's there's a scene where she kind of embodies like a monkey, and you're, at first you're like, "What the hell is she doing?" But yeah, she does at it first so you well. Don't know it. Yeah. At first you don't know she's like embodying this monkey, mm-hmm. and so you just see her acting very like Strange. weird, like strangely. <laughs> and then like as she's getting more and more into this character, then I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy. Like it was just so good. Like she's so good. And um, there was also. A scene between her and the sister. So, okay, what are their names? The characters' names? Yeah. Madeline was the sister, but what was her brother's name? Usher, like the two. Roderick. Roderick, okay. Yeah, so Roderick is the, 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 the senior usher. He's the, the, the main guy. Basically. Yeah, so it's Roderick and Madeline. They're, they're siblings. And Madeline is, is played by uh, Mary McCormick, who's been in a lot of stuff. Independence Day, Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Tony Darko. So they grew up together, right? Like without a dad and then eventually without their mother. So they grew up, you know, very strongly mm-hmm. bonded and connected. Yeah. They loved each other. And they were twins, I believe. Too, yeah, I yeah. think they were twins. And she was super, super smart. She was always super very smart. smart. Yeah, very, very smart. And I loved that about her character. And I also loved how like strong she was. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> when we see her now as like an older woman, like she's like the strongest. Like she was just so like I don't know how else to describe her. Like just a smart, strong, independent, scary woman. And my favorite scenes were when it was her and Verna together talking. There's only like a couple where it's just two of them together. There's a scene where both of them are in Madeline's childhood home and they're talking face to face and it, you know, it's just them. And I was like on the edge of my seat. I was just like, like holding my breath because I was like, dude, this, the, the dynamic between them was crazy to me because you have verna who's like this powerful being and then you have madeline who's just another powerful being and they're just going kind of going at it together like first just by their words and then physically and then it's you know mads kind of gets put in her place but it to me like that was one of my favorite scenes in the entire show because you just see these these two strong female characters kind of going at it together and it's just to me i just loved it i enjoyed it so much they did it so well um and the dialogue was just written so well and the way they played it was just it was so good so good 
Um, Rahul Kohli is one of my favorites. I have a crush on him, and he had the best haircut and tattoos. Um, kind of sad that he was basically only in the show for like an episode or two, but that's kind of like how each kid was. Yeah, it just depended on when when they died, basically. Yeah, each kid kind of had their own episode. Um, Mike Flanagan's wife, always amazing. Eagle, yeah. So good. She played just a straight-up bitch, but she was smart, <laughs> and she was good at her job, yeah. and she knew what she wanted, and that was that. And I loved that. I loved her style. loved everything about her character and how she played it. Um, the girl that plays the the new wife of Roderick Usher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was in Midnight Club also. Yeah, she was in Midnight Club. I just loved her character. Like, she was so cute. Um, I loved... Because if you saw Midnight Club, she was a bitch in that show. Yeah. Like, she was mean to a lot of people in that show. She was show. bitter because in real life, so in real life, she's uh, she she has a uh, prosthetic she's, leg. Yeah. And so, and that they worked that into both of these shows, but yeah. that's why she was so bitter in the uh, Midnight Club. But Yeah. And so in this show, she was taking so much of ligodone so ligodone is the drug that roderick usher kind of created he didn't create it but he made (laughs) millions and millions and millions of dollars off of pushing this drug (laughs) and he told the world that it wasn't addictive but it is and so he found her in the hospital and i guess she had was taking the highest dosage of (laughs) ligodone that anyone has ever taken and she was completely fine so he loved that for his drug Mm -hmm. and so he married her and she's he's like twice yeah it's really gross it's really (laughs) gross but i thought she did a really good job at this character three times her age yeah because it was really funny and cool to see that she could play both sides like she played like this really bitter person in midnight club and then over here she was playing this really sweet, like loving, innocent type of character who just wanted a family. And I just, I really loved that for her. It was really cool. And her outfits, her hair, everything looked really, really cool. The other daughter, um, the one that had the, a bunch of mirrors. Everywhere. The redhead? Yeah. I forget the daughter, the character's name, but she was, the actress that plays her was also in Midnight Club and she was in Midnight Mass as the, like basically the fanatic, the... Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot. I forgot the character's name, but yeah. Yeah, she did a good job. The way she died was crazy, really <laughs> crazy. But I mean, all of them shot beautifully shot. Yeah. It was so cool. Like you just have to see it. Um, but I, I just loved her character too. She was strong. She knew what she wanted. She. It was funny because I felt like Madeline kind of shaped a lot of. The females, like the, I guess that they were her nieces, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I feel like she kind of shaped a lot of her nieces to be like her. Very emotionally cut off, emotionally cold, all about business. Like, be smart, you know, make your money. Um, because then you look at all of the boys and none of them really were as smart or successful as the daughters. Because you have... Rahul Kohli, all he did was invest in video games. He just got <laughs> high and played video games all yeah. day. And he had a boyfriend. And then um, the youngest one, he didn't have any... All he wanted to do was 
build nightclubs, run a nightclub, yeah. and um, do drugs and have sex parties. <laughs> and then the oldest son, uh, he actually got married. He he wasn't emotionally closed or anything. Um, like you could tell, he loved his wife and he loved his daughter. But he was also very like. I don't want to say dumb, but he... he <laughs> no, he definitely was. He like, was dumb, but, like, he didn't he didn't have any purpose or drive or anything. He was just, no. like, there for the money and... And the, the few times that his father entrusts him with things, he won't... He can't even do that, like, the simple tasks yeah, that he asks like, him to do. Yeah, like, you just need to close down these buildings, yeah. and he couldn't even do that. So, it, I, I just... I noticed that right away. I'm like, it was just really funny to see, like, all of the men in the family were just incapable of doing a lot or anything. And then all the women were actually very successful Mm -hmm. and were really smart and strong. Um, And even the granddaughter. Like, I I really loved the granddaughter. She was in... What was she in? Was she in Midnight Club? I don't know if she was in Midnight Club or... uh, She was in Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. Because she was the one that couldn't walk at first. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she was in Midnight Club, but all these midnight shows but um but yeah she was she was a midnight mass for sure yeah and just um i love how so if you know the story of the fall of the house of usher like you said you're told in the first opening of the show that all of the kids die and it's something that was told to roderick and madeline from the beginning and it's it just to me, it just shows like, oh God, like you're told something, right? So Madeline makes sure she doesn't have kids. She gets on birth control and she she makes it a point to not have kids because she understood the assignment. <laughs> Roderick, on the other hand, He's like, ah, whatever. had so many baby mamas. Yeah. He had so many kids, um, didn't care, you know, and it's it's just funny to me because it just made me think about like like my choice of not having children because i see all of the ugliness in this world i know eventually they're going to die like i know eventually anything could happen you know like anything like this world is fucking gross so in my mind why have someone you love more than life itself be able to experience something like that so when someone tells you like this is going to happen to your children why would you then choose to have children and put them through that? But they kind of they they show how they talked through that through that reasoning and why he kind they kind of I don't know made his decisions. But to me, like Madeline made the smarter choice, and Roderick, knowing what was going to happen, was still surprised. It seemed like after like everything was happening, they were still trying to find a way to make it not happen, and so. I don't know. It's just like, again, like Madeline being the smarter one and Roderick just not really caring. Maybe not really caring, but I don't know. Like, I don't want to give a lot away, but I I just, I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was really entertaining. I thought it was really creepy, really, really creepy um, and fun to watch. I just loved it. Yeah, I, I really loved it too. I mean, like I said, I, I Mike Flanagan's probably one of my favorite filmmakers definitely like in the horror genre for sure because he he writes he writes really he's really good at writing dialogue and monologues mm-hmm. people like especially like in midnight mass there's so many monologues in that show and they're all so interesting they're not like oh this person's just talking and talking you're just you're just like they're he's they're saying things that you've 
thought about before or mm-hmm. that you agree with. Because um, the 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 young Roderick, because there's you know the flashes back to the, when they were younger. The young Roderick was in um, Midnight Mass, and he had some great monologues um, with Kate Siegel's character in that show. Um, but yeah, he's such a he's so good at writing dialogue and just writing scares in the way that's not typical or boring but like you said it's like he, he has his like staples that he uses a lot but they're always they're always effective mm-hmm. i loved because i was very familiar with edgar Allan poe i i loved like catching i was like oh this is casco maniato or this is um you know the black you know uh, not black Cat, telltale heart or whatever um i also loved that he was he does this with everything he, all all of his adaptations he modernizes the story right yeah. so i love that it like you mentioned ligadone you know it is very much ties into our our where we are right now with all the opioid crisis and everything like it ties into that like how these pharmaceutical companies knowingly create something that's addictive and then try to kind of go hey man why are you blaming me for for it like there there's this great mon, uh, monologue that um Madeline's character gives at the end of the show that it's funny because it's exactly probably what an executive or one of these people would say that, you know, it's why are you blaming us? You're the ones that want this stuff because it's exactly what they would say. And also it's so well-written and so well-spoken that I'm like, she's right. (laughs) You start to go onto their side. Like, yeah, you know what? She's, she's right. It isn't their fault. It's our fault for, um, it's it's a really great uh, monologue about like consumerism and about um, how you know we they could easily produce something that's going to help us actually help us or make us better, but that's not what we want. Like she p- compares it to like McDonald's. She's like you know McDonald's would make kale salads and that's what people wanted to buy, but that's not what people want to buy. They want to mm-hmm. buy disgusting fast food that's bad for them. And so what's going to make this company money? Well. Let's make the thing that the people want, which mm-hmm. is this shitty food. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, she was basically saying like corporations and these people, these, these companies get blamed for putting this poison and all this crap out there. But it's like, this is what the people want. You, yeah. g- you give them the option and they're going to take the burger over that kale salad. So, um, you know, of course, you know, <laughs> you can argue that and say, well, you know, if you hadn't put it there in the first place or made it, made us so addicted to it, but that's uh it was a, like i said it was a really well written monologue it really was and it had to be <laughs> delivered by that character yes. yeah it had to be like no one else could have in this story could have made yeah. that speech it had to be her and yeah. she did an amazing job it was perfectly written yeah and there, i mean there's more to it i won't give it all away you know she goes into like basically be, what it is like to be a woman and again like to give birth and everything mm-hmm. um and what that means or what that really is about uh, which I thought was really brilliant. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just such an entertaining show. It's one of those where, I mean, I talk to people at work. We like to make our shows last because we know that once it's over, you're like, damn, what, are I gonna, what am I going to watch now? Mm-hmm. So we would watch like maybe one episode a day. Sometimes we would skip a day. Uh, but I know people at work were like, oh, you know, I binge watched it all this weekend. You know, we got we to gotta talk about it. So hurry up and watch it. And I'm like, no, we're going to take our time. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those where, you know, once you you started telling other people about it they would be watching it and be like oh my god did you see the, the you know what episode are you on or whatever cuz everyone wanted to talk about it so 
Uh, but that's I feel like that's the same with all of this guy's stuff, his output. Like I've the really the only thing I've seen that was kind of eh was Midnight Club and that one was really made for like a teenage crowd, yeah. like more older teenagers. So um but yeah, man, like this guy's on a roll, like can't wait to see what he does next. I know. Um and like like you said, I love this cast. You know, you get it's almost like American horror story where they use the same cast like a yeah. lot. But um, yeah, I just really love everybody in this in these casts, and then they'll add new people and like, oh, I hope this person comes out in the next season. And I forgot to mention Mark Hamill is also in this. He plays ah. like the uh, he's like the fixer slash attorney for um, he's like the Michael Cohen of um, of the Usher family. He takes care of what needs to be taken care of. Yeah, and he looks so cool too because <laughs> he's always just wearing like a long black like trench coat with black with gloves, black gloves yeah. and a black hat. And he's got this gravelly so cool. voice. Yeah, he speaks like this the whole <laughs> time. Um, so it's cool to see Luke Skywalker getting some work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I know he does other stuff, voice voice work and whatnot. But um, yeah, a really, really great show. Just... I, you know, highly recommend it. Like you said, I'd definitely put it on the top of the, you know, the top three list there for, for Mike Flanagan's work. Um, was there anything else you wanted to mention? No. About the, yeah. So that, uh, like, like you said, if, uh, or like we said, if you are familiar with Poe's work or even if you're not, I mean, you weren't familiar with it really. And I was more familiar with it, but still not like, I'm not a, uh, you know, like an expert on Edgar Allan Poe, but, um, it, wherever you fall on that spectrum, it, you're, I think there's something here to enjoy for everybody. So uh, I will say for <clears> – not that I care because we don't have kids like, like we said. But um, unlike his other stuff like that we mentioned, this one has a little bit more like sexual content than I, I'm oh, used yeah, to. Oh, yeah. There's like a whole orgy <laughs> in like the second episode. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, it might not be completely appropriate for like really young kids. But um, – yeah, just putting that out there. There's there's a lot more sexual, not only just like the orgy, but there's just discussions of stuff that you're like, oh, okay, they they yeah. talked about that, you know, all the way through prostitutes, the whole, prostitutes, yeah. and then what they're doing with the prostitutes. So you know, it's very, uh, it's very R rated. So uh, take that how you will. But you do get to see Carla in lingerie, Dude. and that bitch has body, body, Car- body. Car- Carly Gugino, I don't know how old she is. She's probably she's got to be in her fifties, and she you looks so? amazing. Yeah. She made Son-in-Law in 1993 with Polly Shore. She was probably at least like 21, 22 That's in that movie. Crazy. That was 30 years ago, so she's got to be in her early 50s. She looks so <laughs> hot. Like, she looks so good. She looks really good. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's beautiful. Wow, good for her. Yeah. Good for her and her trainer and her yeah. nutritionist. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I definitely check that out. It's on Netflix right now. If you haven't already, Fall of the House of Usher. Um, because that wraps it up for that. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Third Row from the Front. Also, subscribe to our podcast so you're always sure to get our newest episode. And we'll talk to you next time on Third Row from the Front. Bye. Bye.